The Football Manager Files, a Muddy Knees media production for Sports Interactive. Part 6, The End. At the end at Aston Villa, you still don't really prepare. You think that you're going to necessarily leave. I thought, well, wait a minute, I've only been here 11 months, so they're still in the Premier League. Got a good injection of money. I've got the wages down to where they wanted them. It's time for me to pick my team for next season. You know, I gave the chief executive, Paul Faulkner, I still laugh about this to this day, my hit list. I say, this is what I want. I'll get it all drafted up for you by the secretary. But that's just a wee list I wrote last night. And this was after the last game of the season. And he looked at me with puppy dog eyes, you know, and I thought, I'll just go and clear my desk. He didn't have to tell me, you know, he never, he never said, I like, look, you know, a club are dispensing with your services or your sacked or nothing. You know, Paul looked the way Paul looked at me and I says, right, listen, I'll go and clear the desk. Hello, I'm Ian McIntosh. Through five episodes of the Football Manager Files, we've looked at how you get a job and how you do a job. And so now it's time to discuss the awkward business of losing a job. How much does it hurt? How intense is the pressure? How do you find out? But most of all, how do you respond? But first of all, let's take a look at the risk factor. Because of the longevity of men like Sir Alex Ferguson and Arsene Wenger, many of us still cling to the ideal of a dynastic manager overseeing generations of players. But this is very, very rare. At the time of recording, only three managers of the 92 Football League bosses, Wenger, Paul Tisdale and Jim Bentley, had clocked up more than five years in their present post. Only 14 managers have been in the same job for more than three years. It's pretty hard to be a long-term manager in an industry that boasts much the same job security as a lion tamer. Football clubs' expectation and strive for quick success leaves you uh, in a very delicate position where it becomes all about results. Sam Allardyce. And the only way you can keep your job is by winning. Um, no matter how you win in the end, patience is less. So that gives you less time to build from within and I'm still of the opinion that at the very least at a football club as a manager as a new manager or a new head coach it takes a minimum of two years to get to really where you want to get probably three and if you can get through that long and you can get through that period of time you will have built on and off the field something that would be sustainable for that football club or more successful than it's been before. But as we've already discovered very few managers last for three years. In fact, according to data from the League Managers Association, most are lucky to last one. In 2015, the average tenure of a manager in the championship was 0.87 years. In 2016, the average across all leagues was just under 1.3 years. Under that sort of pressure, it can't be much fun, can it? No, you have to go and work and enjoy your job. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. You know, you cannot be thinking, oh, I can be, be gone in... What did you say, 1.4 years? <clears throat> 1.3, Jimmy. No, because if you're going to think like that, you're going to be gone in a month. I go to my job every day with a big smile. I try to lift people that I'm working with. I want them to come in with a smile because I feel when, you, when you're enjoying your job, that's where you give the most. That's where you are the most successful. So I, I love my job and I go every day with all the love try to get the next result, prepare, make players better, but also let the players come in knowing that they're going to have a hard day, but they're going to have an enjoyable day. Yes, training will be hard, tough, but enjoyable tough. 
that's the only thing that I want. But it must be difficult to work to long-term objectives in such a short-term industry, mustn't it? I mean, at some point, that pressure's going to tell. Probably subconsciously, somewhere down the line, it must do. It must impact on that. Stuart Pearce. I always go back to me inner self and say, you know what? I can't rely on anybody else at this football club to have strength of character to make strong decisions. I have to rely on myself. And I always ground myself in that respect, you know. And that includes at board level, when you sit around board tables... I think the boardroom will not take any pressure at all. That's why managers get sacked this day and age. They won't take personal pressure. They won't take media pressure. And when it hots up and, and the uh, the pressure from the terraces gets pointed at the boardroom, that's when managers are relieved of their job. So you have to understand that, that you, at any given time, are probably mentally the strongest person available. So that's always always the one for me whenever I work in any job in football management, that you have to understand, look... Listen, they need a crutch for you as a manager to rely on. And, and that alleviates the pressure in my world. When we talk about the pressure, I mean, the pressure is there. The pressure is everywhere. Slaven Bilic. It's hard now, OK, in the Premier League, you know that because of this social media, you, you are not supposing, you, you, you know when somebody is criticising you from New Zealand, you actually you know that you can see it. Like before, I don't know, up until, not uh, ages ago, when I was playing, like, and we are talking about 1990 or whatever, five, six, a couple of journalists, you knew them by name. And then if you were in a pub, you had a bloke who is criticizing you or praising you. Now it's like, it's like worldwide. Is it hard to cope with? Yes, it's hard to cope with it, yes. But first you grow with, with experience, and then your, your confidence is different. If you've done something in your life, good and positive or whatever, then you, you can get a little knocked down, but it can't knock out you. As soon as you realize that the pressure is there in every job for everyone, it doesn't matter if you are, if you are talking about football, if you are manager in a fifth year or whatever, there's also pressure. For me, it's how strong character you are and second, experience. Sometimes it can only take one bad result to precipitate a damaging loss of form, a slippery slope that can take you all the way to the precipice. And it's not always enough just to hope that you can play your way through it. Alan Pardew. The tough part is when you're losing to break that, that run. And, um, and what you're looking for is to find a solution and offer players a solution out of it and try to uh, get a game where... You can get the tactical format right for where you are because if you're not playing with confidence, there's no point in really opening the pitch up and saying, okay, let's go and really open our wings today and go and flow because that is not going to happen. Your team isn't in that place. You've got to kind of bring them back, centralise them and go, okay, from this solid base, let's get something. And then as we get the next result, we can grow, we can grow and grow into that team that, that can cope with having a big open pitch. As defeats mount up, so too does the criticism. 20 years ago, managers only had to contend with the letters pages of the local newspapers and the occasional radio phone-in. But with the arrival of rolling news, specialist sports channels and thousands of independent football websites, not to mention the phenomenon of social media, the pressure cooker heats up even faster. Alex McLeish. As I said, I don't read the social network. I tend not to read the papers about praise even, you know, and um, you just have to try and be aware of what's happening. You know what's happening. You know you're getting pounded on social media 
with the trolls or whatever, and normally a, a small minority that make the loudest noise. I think it's very important to try and stay away from that because you have to still go in and do your job every day. Um, but you know that your family are kind of seeing it and hearing it. My family are brilliant over the years. Never, ever said, oh, Dad, you should hear what that guy's saying about you, you know. Never. And then it happens. Perhaps at the end of the season, as it did for Alex McLeish at Aston Villa. Perhaps during the season, as it does for so many other managers. And it isn't just the loss of earnings or the loss of stature. It's the public humiliation. The sense that you've been told in front of the world that you're not good enough and that all who doubted you were right and you were wrong and it hurts. I lost my job at Manchester City, my first real manager's job. Stuart Pearce. And the following night I went out, you, you want to just hide yourself away possibly, but the following night I went out, I was fortunate enough that whilst working as a Manchester City manager, I was also part-time under-21 manager, taking a team into the tournament that summer. So the following night, I went out and watched England under-19s. It's one of these scenarios where you think everyone's looking and thinking, that's the fellow who's just got sacked today, but no-one really thinks that and no-one really cares. But at least you can always rely on your friends to be there for you in the difficult times. And Tony Poulis walked up to me, booted me and said, you've not managed until you've been sacked three times. And it was a great leveller for me, you know what I mean? And it's that sort of gallows humour that, that gets managers through and... That hurt. I, I, I would be denying it to say that my first real step into management after a couple of years in a difficult situation hurt, having, you know, not being kept on, new owners come in, they decide to go in a different direction. But I've got to say, nothing's hurt me as much as, as that one. And I think you, you sort of almost become immune to it in some ways. You know, the ego gets a bit of a, a kick in, you know, as a player, you don't get those sort of... Uh, ego kick-ins as often and, and you feel as though you've, you've let the club down and what you're trying to deliver and yourself a little bit and your family and all those things run through your mind but I've got to say since that sacking at Manchester City nothing's really affected me anywhere near it's almost like an occupational hazard and you've got to treat it that way Pierce is not the only manager to take a philosophical view of the insecurities of the industry here's Alan Pardew I've been sacked two, three times maybe four, I can't quite recall you enter into that world, but you, as you get more experience, you understand that a lot of the decisions sometimes are, are made not always because of your performance, sometimes because of financial restraints, sometimes because a new agenda is needed, sometimes because of new owners. So managers uh, have to be very resilient and you mustn't carry any bitterness from one job to the next of any, otherwise you're gonna be hampering your, your skills. When I started at Reading, I didn't fear the sack, didn't bother me. Uh, when I got the sack for the first time at West Ham, I dealt with it okay, because I got a job three weeks later at Charlton, so it wasn't too difficult. But you do, you do have to kind of trust your skill set and not let the past damage you going forward. If anything, let it kind of evolve you into a better manager. And that's what I've tried to do, use the experiences, good or bad, to, to become a better manager. Stuart Pearce. There's a real weight of sympathy. I've seen managers lose their job where I thought, what a horrific decision. Since I've left work at, at my last job in the championship, they've had three or four managers, either a full-time or a part-time basis. And, you know, if I felt as though it's moved the club forward in any way, shape or form, I, I could probably turn around and say, well, that's been fantastic. But 
and I'm afraid it hasn't. So you do have sympathy, you know, you have sympathy for people losing their job that have done very solid jobs. You also have sympathy for people going into jobs where you think you're set up to fail because of the structure of the football club and the impatience of football this day and age. Here's Alex McLeish. You have to go on with it. It's a fact of life. Jose Mourinho said that if you'd never had the sack, you've never been a manager. I don't know if any, any manager who's at the top level who have never been sacked. In between my two jobs, Charlton and Huddersfield, I had six months out and actually felt so refreshed. Chris Powell. I think all managers should have like two months off before they go in again, just to really recharge, just to kind of find themselves again and introduce themselves to the family. <laughs> I think that's huge. You know, I don't know whether it will happen, but um, I felt a different person and actually prepared myself for my next challenge and I was and I was ready for it. Alex McLeish. The, the Villa one, I was a bit drained, you know. I felt, you know, having gone through that season, a lot of obstacles in my way, uh, losing... Robbie Keane and Darren Bent on the same day with still 14 games to go or something was a huge loss and thankfully a couple of kids that I brought into the team kept Villa secure. After I left, I thought, I need a break, you know, I need to have a wee sabbatical and, um, you know, regroup and and get my... It wasn't so much... The, it was probably a bit of relief in that one you know, to be honest, because, um, you know, it was, it was difficult to get accepted in um, the Villa rivalry with Birmingham uh, being a factor. Gary Monk. I had six months out of a job and it was brilliant. It was in the sense of I was able to look back over everything, clarify everything in my mind, what I did well, what I could do better, the planning of it all and building that plan and, like we said, improving it all the time and, and then ready for that next job to come in with a an even better and improved plan and idea and clarity and, and all that side of it. It was a brilliant time for me, um, as well as spending time with my family and, and all of that side of it. But I think that's, that enabled me to really look back at what was very fast-paced, where it was quite a unique situation, where I was a player one day, the next day I was a manager in the Premier League, and you know the Premier League, the scrutiny that you're under um, is tenfold to, to most leagues in the world. And... Um, I didn't have time. I didn't have time to reflect over all of it. I was just reflecting on the week that we'd probably just done. So to be able to reflect on all of it, it was perfect for me. And um, it has enabled me to move forward and, and feel better in a better place and feel a better manager. And hopefully more time I'll be able to do it. But I won't know until the next experience if if you moved on to another job quickly or whatever it is. I'm, I guess I'll, I'll see that in the future. But um, having that six months at that time was, was perfect for me. Here's Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Well, you reflect and you learn. I think, in a way, it's more important when you lose your job than when you are successful. I've had the both. And I think certain things that I have seen in the, in the job, what I've lost, I would have never seen in the job where I was successful. So um, sometimes you learn more from the bad and you move on. I'm a positive person. Things are happening for a reason. No grudges. You know, it is what it is. You can't change it. We can learn from it. I definitely learned from it. Otherwise, it was not worth it. That concludes this series of the Football Manager Files. Or, if you've chanced upon this episode first, perhaps it's just a start. There are five more episodes online at footballmanager.com. And you know what? They're thematic rather than extended narrative arc. So you haven't really done yourself any harm going this way around. In fact... 
I rather respect your unconventional attitude towards life. Thanks so much for listening. Perhaps we'll see you again soon. The Football Manager Files is a Muddy Knees Media production for Sports Interactive. It was written and presented by Ian McIntosh and produced by Ben Green. Additional reporting was by Alison Bender, Georgie Bingham, Michael Cox and Miguel Delaney. For more information, go to footballmanager.com. <laughs>